0: This is the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. And this week, I'm joined by Jeremy Reisman of the Pride of Detroit. Here to talk about Ziggy Anza being signed by the Seahawks in free agency. It'll it'll pick us up, Jeremy, after Seahawks fans. I know are down after hearing the news of Cam Chancellor, which the, that was expected to, that he'd be released from the team. But also getting the news that Doug Baldwin being released from the team, uh, that's that's a punch to the gut for Seahawks fans. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, <laughs> Jeremy, that you can help pick us up, that we can at least maybe have some excitement about uh, the Seahawks' newest pass rusher. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> Great. Well, we heard this week that the Seahawks are signing the fifth overall pick from 2013. Uh, he played under his four-year rookie deal with the Lions, they picked up the 5th year option and then franchise tagged by the Lions last season, but uh, injured. And then uh, the, the Lions make the decision not to continue on uh, with paying Anza. Uh, what was behind that decision?
1: You have to think it, it really boils down to the injury history. Um, the, the last three years, he's just kind of been on and off the field. And you know, he, he's a guy that when when he's on the field, he's talented and he he drew those big contracts and he drew the the franchise tag last year because of that talent. But he just wasn't available. I mean, if, if you listen to the coaches talk all last year, they, they said the guy's working, it's butt off. You know, he's he's got tremendous heart and we've seen the results for, for years with Ansa, but. In the end of the day, you know your best ability is your availability, and the Lions just couldn't trust Ezekiel Ansah at this point in his career, so they decided to to obviously make a move for Trey Flowers and, and move
0: on from Ansah. So the Lions get Trey Flowers. The Seahawks decide to move on from Frank Clark, who they franchise tagged, and now they're able to make a little bit of savings. It looks like with the the contract dollars. The maximum for Anza on the one year deal would be 13 million dollars. When you saw some of the contract details, Jeremy, did you did you think, oh, well, if he was only going to sign for that amount, a a significant decrease from the franchise tag the previous year, you know, maybe we should have thought about keeping him, too. Uh, There there was definitely a little bit of that. I think in general, though, the Lions were just they
1: just kind of wanted to be done with it at this point, not not that Hans is a bad player or anything, but just because of that lack of reliability that they, they couldn't invest even, you know, the, the baseline of whatever it was five and a half million or so. Um, but I do think the, the structure of the deal from what I've seen is smart obviously make it incentive laden. And I think he can pretty much double or almost triple his salary. If, if he hits some benchmarks that I've yet to see at this point, but I mean, that's the kind of deal that he had to sign just because, it, I mean, I, I hate to sound like a, a beating, dr- I'm beating a drum here, but um, the injury thing is just the biggest deal with him. And, and if the Seahawks can somehow, you know, get a full 16 game season, they they will have certainly gotten him at a discount.
0: Well, health is a part of talent and for Anza's history, he's only started 16 games. For two seasons, that was back in 2014 and then 2015 when he made the Pro Bowl. Obviously, that Pro Bowl season, 14 and a half sacks, 47 tackles, 34 quarterback hits. So among the top of the league there. Uh, But things had dropped off. You know, when I look at his season statistically, Jeremy, it seems to Mm -hmm. break out as the first three years of his career and the last three years of his career. And, you know, definitely more healthy in those first three years, uh, only missing really two games his rookie season. And then in the last couple seasons, you know, there's a, a significant question mark in terms of his health. And again, I'm just looking at the stats. And one of the things that jumps out at me is in 2016, I see 13 games started by Anza, but only two sacks. What what happened there? Because the following year in 2017, you know, he's back up to 14 games started and 12 sacks.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting too because that 2017 season his sacks kind of just came in groups there. He I think he had 3 games where he had 3 sacks mm. and then the rest is just scattered through, you know, the remaining 12 games or whatever. And, and so I do think there's a, a bit of a point to be made that that maybe his productive, his productiveness dropped off a little bit. But I do also think injuries played a big part in that um, we, we've seen him try to battle through a lot of injuries through throughout his career. And, you know, he's, he's played through a bunch of them. Uh, a lot of Lions fans are surprised when they saw that he's he had only missed, you know, five or ga- five or so games before last year mm. because he's always on that injury report. He's always battling through something. A lot of times he's he's on and off the field in games that he starts because he gets injured in the middle of the game. He has to come out for a quarter or two and come back. And so I think that has a lot to do with it, especially that, that odd 2016 season. Because again, we, we saw a little bit of him last year. And when he was in the game last year, very productive. And and he's not just a sack guy, too. I think uh, something that really goes unheralded with him is his run defense, which drastically improved. You, you got to remember that Ziggy entered the NFL as a very, very raw prospect. You know, it only played football for a couple of years. So he was still learning the game early on in his career. And, and the fact that he had those high sack numbers, I think people forget that. But he's really defined his game to be that two-way player, where he's not just getting sacks, he's he's really good at setting the edge. He's really good and and not losing contain, and he's good at run defense. So, I I do think that his statistics, at least in terms of sacks numbers, are a little bit misleading, just because of the injuries and and because of his versatility there. But you know, he's also kind of he was one of the older players in his draft class too. So he is he is getting
0: up there in age as well. Yeah, 29 years old, uh, will actually be 30 probably here uh, before the start of the season, turns 30 here in May. Um, with Anza, what type of player? You mentioned some of his his ability to get after the passer, his, his rush defense. Uh, what kind of player is he off the field?
1: Uh, he's actually a really, really fun guy. Um, really benevolent, um, does a lot of sort of charities, especially for his home country of Ghana. Um, he'll go there a lot during the offseason. Um, but you know it's interesting because early in his career he was he was very open very fun always smiling out there on the field. Um, I think the injuries tended to get to him a little bit towards the end. And he, he became very quiet with the media, very solemn. And I'm, I'm sure he was just getting sick of, you know, hearing the same sort of injury questions and dealing with a lot of frustrations himself. But if, if you see him open up in, in Seattle, he's actually one of the most fun interviews. Uh, one of the most fun guys to be around just because he does kind of have this big positive attitude
0: and, and just like a, a contagious smile, I think in the locker room as well. One of the things I I know that Seahawks fans, when we see a pass rusher coming from Detroit, I know a lot of our minds go to (laughs) Cliff Averill. And I'd have to think, too, for a Detroit Lions fan, seeing a pass rusher go to Seattle, it brings up kind of some of those same memories. Do you look at that similarly, the same way Seahawks fans might? I mean, there, there's definitely
1: been a contingent of fans that like have had that flash of panic. Like, did we just send the next Cliff Averill again to the Seahawks and he's going to come in and embarrass us specifically? But um, I, I think there are plenty of differences with the the two situations, mainly being age, the, the first one. And, you know, I, I think he's basically on a tryout deal here with the Seahawks, where it's I think Cliff Averill's kind of uh, a more probably a long-term idea when when the Seahawks made that signing so um, I, I understand the initial you know kind of brain click of like maybe this is what's going to happen again and right and for the Seahawks that's really exciting and for Lions new Lions fans it's, it's really panicky but um, I, I, I think there's there's really not that many similarities other than the positions they play and the teams they play for
0: one of the things we're hearing is that he's still recovering from a shoulder surgery and he could be out through training camp or longer. Is there any insight that you have just based on, on where that injury came from? Did, is that something that happened during the year? And, or was that something, something that came about after the lion season?
1: Yeah, no, that happened in in the year. Um, actually week one, he injured his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they thought it was just like a mild Sprain. It turned out to be, I think, a partial labrum tear. Then he tore it fully. Um, I think it was either week 14 or week, week 15. Um, it did require surgery. I'm um, not sure if they did the surgery then or, or in January is one of the two. The, the, one, uh, the one thing I can say, not as a doctor, a lot of times when we've gotten these sort of estimates about Ezekiel Lanza and, and the injuries that he's had in the past, he tends to go on the longer end of, of the recovery scale. Mm-hmm. And so that that tweet out from Adam Schefter that said he could potentially miss the first month of the season. That would concern me if I'm a Seahawks fan. I know since then, Ian Rappaport has said that the Seahawks don't believe he's going to miss any time. I just think Ziggy tends to take a little bit longer in his injury recovery. So I would be concerned. He's been on the pup two consecutive years entering training camp. I, I would be very surprised if it
0: wasn't a third year as well. Now, some of these guys, too, you know, they just they want to just get through training camp. They want to play the games. So if he's sitting out uh, the preseason, I, I guess that wouldn't surprise me too much either.
1: And and yeah, maybe he just needs that extra time off. And the the one thing that's a bummer about all that is, is, like I said earlier, this is a guy that was just kind of learning the sport. And the fact that he's missed so many training camps, the fact that he's missed so many preseasons, really, ha- you have to think that's hurt his development in, in the long term. You think he could potentially be. You know the superstar, and and coaches have said throughout his entire career, like I promise you, this guy is just scratching the surface of his talent, mm-hmm. and we can see it. We can see that raw talent, and we can see him learning in the uh, in in you know the the coaching room and all that sort of stuff. It's just you know the injuries have really derailed him in these past three years, and I can tell you that everyone in Detroit is rooting for him because he's a guy that was very easy to root for, and a guy with that kind of infectious personality, and and just a really really good story, and the fact that in. Injuries kind of took took away his career here in Detroit is is something that's just you know it's a victimless crime no one in Detroit is is angry or mad at him because they, they saw the hard work he was trying to do to get back on the field
0: but it just it just didn't work out well that was one of the things that I noticed just on the on the comment sections you know there was a lot of overwhelming positivity toward Anza and it's Interesting to see that, you know, that despite the injuries, he did seem to have that connection of, of fans rooting for him. There was no kind of hard feelings there. And I, I brought up Cliff Averill. You know, they still some of that same. It seemed to be some of that similar feeling that D- Detroit Lions fans had toward Cliff Averill because he was such, you know, a, a good guy off the field as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's there's definitely a little similarity there, and and you would think with with a guy like Ansa too, you know, a, a top five pick, you, you'd think the B word be th- would be thrown by around by Lions fans. You know, this oh now he's a bust, he's a bust, right. what a horrible draft pick, and and maybe maybe we get that down the line, but at least you know in this in the twenty four hours after this news dropped, um, Lions fans have mostly been you know just you know, bummed that it didn't work out, understanding from the Lions, you know, viewpoint, I think at this point um Lions fans knew that they weren't going to re-sign him. Some some weren't happy that they gave him the, the franchise tag last year just because of that or unreliability. But yeah. at this point everyone's just rooting for him because yeah, he's he's that good guy that the same kind of good guy that that Cliff Averill was uh when he was in the NFL.
0: Well, maybe a bust when it comes to a franchise tagged player, but it's hard to say that, you know, in the five years under that initial deal, when he had 44 sacks, uh, tough to label a, a guy picked in the top five as, as a bust uh, considering that. And hopefully as Seahawks fans, we see him return to that form uh, as he comes into Seattle next year, hopefully recovering from a shoulder surgery. We will look for that. And, you know, you guys over in Detroit, take care of our, our guy, Justin Coleman for us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully that works out as well. Cause we, <laughs> we invested a little bit more in him. And, uh, and yeah, he's. He's taken up a, a pretty significant role in that defense, and if if that doesn't work out, I'm going. You guys are going to have to like give us some someone else because that uh, <laughs> the whole uh, Wilson
0: thing didn't work out too well last, last well, year. <laughs> I will say that I think you are getting a, a significantly more talented player with Justin Coleman, and with Coleman, a lot of Seahawks fans really wanted to keep him, mm-hmm. and it was just at the at the price. It just didn't make sense for Seattle, especially with the idea that, you know, maybe we're going to have to play pay Clark. You know, there's just so many guys up for being paid this season. Right. That they weren't going to be able to keep everybody. But I will say also that generally when our corners leave Seattle, uh, they, they don't perform as well as they, <laughs> they have as as they did in a Seahawks uniform. So uh, but he's going to a familiar coach. So I, I we're all rooting for him in Seattle.
1: I, I get it. Like you, you're down. So you're trying to drag me down with you.
0: That's fine. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm doing what I can. I it, like I said, just just before we came on, the news breaks about Doug Baldwin being released from the team, and so I'm, I'm having to fight through this, Jeremy. <laughs> You'll be OK. You'll be OK. All right. All right, Jeremy. Well, really want to thank you for coming on and talking a little bit about Ziggy Anza, uh, helping console me about the Doug Baldwin <laughs> and, and Cam, Cam Chancellor news. We'll be looking for you the next time the, either the Seahawks play the Lions or or we have uh, any other moves regarding our teams. Sounds good. I'll, I'll be on the call. So thanks to Jeremy Reisman of the Pride of Detroit, the Detroit Lions community on SB Nation. And be sure to check out FieldGoals.com and see the articles there about Doug Baldwin, Cam Chancellor being released by the team. A lot of reaction to the news there. And if you're looking for more Seahawks podcast audio, check out Kenneth Arthur's latest show with Danny Kelly and Jackson Bevins. FieldGoals.com. Check it out.